This is Chris Hughes with the Christian Perspective Podcast with Chris Hughes, where we encourage our listeners to engage the culture with Jesus Christ. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. So enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are really glad that you're with us today. And uh, we're, we're following up on a uh, topic that's near and dear to our heart. You know, uh, uh, actually, it, it, we're following up to a podcast. So if you want to listen to uh, last week's show on the podcast about uh, re- uh, healing, right? Danny, was your topic? Tell me what it was again. That was last week. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was healing. It was something about healing. Purple Heart. Purple, Purple Heart. Heart yeah. yeah, you really didn't remember. That was I thought you were I wasn't joking. <laughs> when I saw the blank look on your face, I realized, oh, okay, that's what that is. No, um, but yeah, we're, this is kind of a follow up to that show. So if you want to go back and listen to that, if not, just listen about restoration because we're going to touch on some of the stuff from last week anyway. Um, this topic kind of came about for me actually. I was driving over to the radio show last week, I think it was, and uh, was driving here. And was just feeling really good. And, and I'd, I'd like to say that that happens a lot, but honestly, it doesn't happen that, a lot as much as it should. And I was feeling really good about me, just good about life, good about things. Not that it wasn't challenges out there. It just wasn't affecting me that day very much. And I started thinking about why, and I thought back to boot camp and, and really just some, um, some healing I got at boot camp that led to restoration. Right, and then it made me just say, "Oh, wow, this is what restoration restoration feels like." Right, and then the question becomes, "What does it feel like?" And there's lots of areas that we want to try to touch on today. What's it feel like spiritually? What's it feel like emotionally or mentally, or even physically? You know, and I'm not necessarily talking about restoration of healing of the body, but when you get healing of the spirit, right? How does that affect you in those areas? And so we're going to talk some about that today and and, uh, kind of follow up and and really kind of dig into some of our stories. But first, we have a clip from uh, Jerry Maguire. And Andy, Mm -hmm. you brought this one. Yeah, I did. um, I did the poser talk at the last boot camp. And this is, uh, you know, the uh, Wild at Heart team uses it in their talk. And and I really, I've always liked it. But whenever you do a talk, you you dig into it a little bit more. And I just really liked it. It's a guy who has become a shark in a suit, a guy that was a sports agent that was really doing all he could to get every dollar he could for his his uh, athletes. But in doing so, he wasn't looking out for their best interests, and he really wasn't taking care of his heart. He wasn't living authentically of who he really uh, – from his identity. And, and he gets disrupted by this kid. It's not in the clip, but this kid kind of gives him a hard time. This kid uh, is uh, – son of a hockey player who keeps getting hurt and it's like on his eighth concussion or whatever and and jerry mcguire is sitting there saying now you'll be out there right you know any any moment you'll be back out on the ice 
And his kid saw what it was doing to his dad, and he called him out on it. And after that, Jerry kind of has a you know a, a repentant moment when he begins to realize he's veered off from who he truly is. You know your name. I couldn't escape one simple thought. I hated myself. No, no, no. Here's what it was. I hated my place in the world. I had so much to say and no one to listen, and then it happened. It was the oddest, most unexpected thing. I began writing what they call a mission statement. Not a memo, a mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company. A night like this doesn't come along very often. I seized it. What started out as one page became 25. Suddenly, I was my father's son again. I was remembering the simple pleasures of this job, how I ended up here out of law school, the way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field, the way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. With so many clients, we had forgotten what was important. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and I'm not even a writer. I was remembering even the words of the original sports agent, my mentor, the late, great Dickie Fox, who said, the key to this business is personal relationships. Suddenly, it was all pretty clear. The answer was fewer clients, less money, more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves and the games, too, just starting our lives, really. Hey, I'll be first to admit it. What I was writing was somewhat touchy-feely. I didn't care. It was the me I always wanted to be. So, yeah, um, Harold pointed out that that was a bit more than a mission statement, what all he got into. But really, he was focusing on what he wanted to accomplish in life and be that would come out of his identity. And, you know, that some of the things you, you heard it open up is like somebody asked him who he was. And he was and then it talks about him becoming his father's son. And, and you know, that, that part of being restored, we talked about it early. I think a lot of it was restoring him to his authentic self, which his identity would be tied to his relationship with his father that he mentions. And the byproduct of that is, is you have much more confidence. You have clarity of who you are, your purpose. And he was finding all that out um, as he went through this process. He had to be disrupted to do it. But I think that's what all of us is. We're all here because of a disruption, you know, uh, something that, you know, happened in our life, a wound that we finally wanted to get healed but through that process, that restoration, when you get there, I was telling them, the guys, I, you know, I feel I feel restored, and I think there is a place of restoration. But that doesn't mean we stop there. We're continually going on. There's more wounds. There's things that we live in false self that we're not looking living out of our true identity. But you're comes to a place like Sam was talking about, where you really sense that you have been restored, and it's not this up and down, you know totally um inconsistent life something that something that can just you know something that comes along just takes you out you have the confidence that you and your father can handle whatever yeah i <clears throat> doing my george c scott impression <laughs> there the um <laughs> anyway the thing i liked about this clip if you haven't seen jerry Maguire by now i'm not really worried about ruining yeah. anything for you because they had cell phones the size of tennis <laughs> shoes you know back in this particular movie so 
you know, and uh, the white type on the computer is all you had. Yeah, the laptop, man. It was like huge. Yeah. It's like clicking like crazy or whatever. Uh, Yeah, old technology, definitely. But what I liked about this particular thing in the movie is he gets some really clear vision. He gets some really clear restoration, right? He feels really good about himself, but life doesn't, life isn't easy. Mm. You know, it's at that point that everything turns and he gets a lot of warfare at him. Yeah. Right, and I think sometimes we think when we get the restoration, oh, we're we're past this. Well, the enemy doesn't like it. He's going to come at you pretty hard, and he does in Jerry Maguire's story. It's when his whole company turns on him right after this mm-hmm. big moment moment of clarity, right? And it takes him a while to really get to the freedom down the road. He has to work for it. He has to work through it. And he has to, to has to hold on to it as he's going along the way. Rodney, you were talking a little bit about that in the pre-show about the kind of the holding on. Well, that's where it's, I know for me, myself, it's just really easy just to grab a hold and kind of ride where you're at. We talked, you know, last week about being a people pleaser and trying to do that. So it's, it's like, okay, ride your pose. You've made it now ride it. Let's just, let's just take this pose and keep a hold of this and not let anybody else see anything different. Cause this is what, this is what they've come to expect. I'm here to make sure that I meet their expectations so that they're happy with me so that I can be happy with myself. And that's where when you when you really step out in faith, you're going to say, okay, God, this is who I really am. I have to stop posing and stop being my false identity because there is no way that you're going to have that healing and restoration in your life if you're still under the pose. Yeah. And And to release that and to be able to talk through that is one of the most interesting things that I found when I first got to boot camp. Uh, Cause yeah, I heard some stuff on the radio, but then when you guys went even deeper and I'm like starting to think about, okay, well, where am I at? Where am I posing? Where are my wounds? What's going on? What's my, what does my heart really want? Not just what I kept telling myself I wanted, what it, you know, and that took you know several years to really work through to kind of open up my heart to have some freedom to be able to say, okay, this is really what you want, Rodney. How you're going to go after and go get it, mm-hmm. and holding on to the truth that the, mm-hmm. the Father gives us. Yeah, <clears throat> I want to delve back into a little bit of some of the stuff from last week, but you have the cycle of you're wounded, right? And maybe the enemy orchestrates it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just. Hurt people hurting people, right? You, you know, something happens and you're hurt, but he's 100% behind the message you get from it, right? He may not have caused it. He may not have been able to do all the things that caused that to happen, you know, but a lot of them he does. But even the ones that he doesn't, he's behind the message you get afterwards. He's behind the shameful message that you get afterwards. Something that puts you down, pushes you down, makes you feel like you have to pose because no one can see, see that real you that he's led you to believe that you are, right? And so that's where you, you're stuck. And so you're working, and the reason I want to talk about this topic, because working back through that is not an easy journey. And it's so easy to want to quit along the way to say, this is just too hard, because it can be incredibly hard. You know, God can obviously say you're healed right now, and he'll do that sometimes, but most of the time it's a process that you're working through with him. And it's not always a, a fun process. It's not ever really a fun process. 
Uh, yeah. And if you go in looking like, hey, I'm going to get this done. Let's see, I got 10 minutes left in my day. I can get this done. You're going to end up with hurting worse because you're going to try to force something, try to make something happen. Hey, honey, uh, I'm going to I'm going to heal, heal this whole thing up. I'm you know I'm going to have the magic wand and just sprinkle some pricks, sprinkle some pixie dust, and it's all going to be better and it's going to be done real quick. You can force things. Yeah. The hardest thing for me was to just allow it not to be me in there and let it be God. It's just go okay. It's not do nothing and just let God do everything, but it's it's you have to take your part, but you have to be intentional and slow. You can't just be intentional and fast and go and run. It's like take your time, do one step, be methodical, wait for the response, understand the response, go through that in your head a while and work. Work on it because it's all relational and it's just not easy just to say, oh, yep, step back, hit the three, I'm done. But what happens after that is the, the freedom and restoration you get is so much worth going through it. Yeah. Right. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. But in the meantime, go to masculinejourney.org, look at the upcoming boot camp coming up March 31st through April 3rd. We'd love to see you there. God would love to see you there. He's got some amazing things he'd like to do with you. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You can go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie presents a fascinating message called What I Would Tell My Younger Self. What guiding principles are important to share with the younger generation or any generation? Pastor Greg explores that this week. Tune in for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. That is uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, song is called "Free." It's uh, actually one of my favorite songs uh, of all time. Um, yes, I do like worship music, guys. Even though you know sometimes I act like I don't, but uh, that's one that always, even little segments like that, move me because there's so much said in there that God's breaking away my broken my chains and given me my wings, and now I'm free. You know, and for me, that's what restoration feels like in a nutshell is that chains have been broken, the bondage has been cleared, and I, I not, not only walk free, but I, I can fly free. Right? He's given me permission. He's always had it there for me. He just reminds me of it and sends me on my way, you know, and walks with me. And so it's such a, I love that song. You know, I forget how much I like it until I hear it again, you know, and then I uh, need to put it in my playlist. But um, it's one of the older song, you know, probably, I'm guessing, back in the 90s. But yeah, anyway, that's oh, yeah, what that's The 90s is. are old now, aren't they? The 90s are old, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in comparison, you know, Harold, 
<laughs> you're just in your 80s so you're not you're in your 90s yet you just turned 80 so you know we're, we're kind of good for a little while yeah um want to get back to a little about what we we're talking about you know ronnie i think it was you were describing is a process that jesus takes you through mm-hmm. and sometimes he will take us all through that type of process and sometimes it'll be something different it's kind of like when he heals the blind which we've talked about on on here and, and John Eldridge talks about, he never does it the, the same way twice. Right. Right. And so your healing is going to be unique to you, but it will be a process. Yeah. And what I, what I have found that's I just kind of blows me away is you're getting healing and restoration in one part of your life while you're getting some wounds over here in another part of your life and you're getting something else in another part in what you have to be really is intentional about trying to figure out, okay, something just happened here that was either felt like healing or restoration or felt like more wounding and felt like, wow, I just posed my way through that. Why did I, why did I have this urge to lie here? Or, you have to be intentional about asking yourself questions about that. It's like, okay, you work all things for good, so what, what good is there? And you may not get an answer right away. But um, if you keep yeah. asking and working on those things, you're – you go through the process, and that's the thing I, I love is in my work I get to ask a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, now I got to learn how to ask myself questions rather than being what I'm better at is asking others questions that bring out what's going on inside their mind to understand how they're thinking about trying to solve problems. It's like oh, I need to actually figure out how to solve me because I'm the biggest problem. Or you can let Jesus ask you questions. Mm-hmm. That's usually yeah. he does that with me a lot and. His are always much better than mine. <laughs> if you can get yourself to that point where you can relax, right, and just yeah. listen, yeah. it is so awesome. It is. It is. And, and so moving kind of more into restoration, you have the mic in front of you. You have a clip. We're actually going to play your clip. You're going to let me play my clip? It's one and done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this, this is, what you, I this get. is a great clip. This, this is, is what I get clip. for going into Forrest Gump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it li- what I do like is we didn't get to play it during Danny's show, but we get to play Forrest Gump. Why do you like Gump it? Because we didn't play it in my show. I because, understand it. because I get to I play it during it. Sam's show, and Sam is not a fan of Mr. Forrest Gump. No, but you did a good yeah. job with the clips. So. Well, it's what I like about this was when I started thinking about, you know, for the healing, it was like I, what came to mind was healing and restoration. And then you came up with the topic of, hey, after healing, let's go into this restoration because of what you just spoke about. And what I love about Lieutenant Dan here in this story is if you really try to think of a man who has nothing more on his mind than, wow, I'm going to go die, that's going to be my legacy, is that I died in war. That's really not much to shoot for. That's not, you're not aiming very high. You're not thinking, you're not dying for others. You're dying for yourself to make yourself look good, to be that's the most I can be to anyone out there. So when he has that and what you're going to have in the clip is him basically explaining to Gump, hey, this is what you've ruined for me. You've ruined my destiny. And that's the, that's the scene where they're in the hospital just after, you know, Lieutenant Dan lost his legs and he pulls Gump down on the floor and talks to him about this. And then the next scene is Gump actually becomes the – shrimp boat captain and because lieutenant dan you know said to him basically out of a jest but was like well if you ever become a shrimp boat captain i'm gonna become your first mate well 
he shows up on the dock. You know, this is the scene where this is just a little bit afterwards, but you know, Forrest just jumps off the boat and the boat goes and crashes, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's just stupid, silly stuff. But then there that opens up with they can't find shrimp. They're not finding any shrimp anywhere. They're horrible fishermen, you know, they don't know what the heck they're doing. So then uh since they can't find any shrimp and they're trying to do all this, you know, then um what <clears throat> uh Lieutenant Dan is wondering, okay, where is God in all this? Because he knows Forrest is a believer. So where is God in all this? And he starts to basically start poking God. And then so they have this encounter out there on the ship where God shows up. And Lieutenant Dan is having it out with God. And it's just pretty funny to listen to him. And then at the end, through all of that, that encounter with God, he comes into the healing and the restoration. And actually gets himself to a point where he shows up to the wedding of Forrest and announces also he's got a fiancé himself. I think officially the setup was longer than the clip. I tried. <laughs> Here we go. Now, you listen to me. We all have a destiny. Nothing just happens. It's all part of a plan. I should have died out there with my men. But now, I'm nothing but a cripple, a legless freak. Look. See that? Do you know what it's like not to be able to use your legs? Yes, sir, I do. Did you hear what I said? You cheated me. I had a destiny. I was supposed to die in the field with honor. That was my destiny. And you cheated me out of it. Look at me. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? How are we going to find them? Well, maybe you should just pray for shrimp. So I went to church every Sunday. Sometimes Lieutenant Dane came too, though I think he left the praying up to me. No shrimp. Where's this God of yours? It's funny Lieutenant Dane said that, because right then, God showed up. New legs. Yeah, I got new legs. Custom made. Titanium alloy. It's what they use on the space shuttle. Magic legs. This is my fiance, Susan. And you can hear just there at the end. I mean, just think about the anxiety he had when he was like realizing I'm still alive. I have no legs. Then he's angry at God and just listen to his voice at the end where he's just like, he's content. He's satisfied. He's finally been humbled to the point where it's like, I can just be myself and be happy with myself. That's restoration. Yeah. When you think of the healing there, obviously he did, he has new artificial legs, limbs, yeah. right? That he can move around, but the healings of the soul. Yeah. Right. It's much deeper. Yeah. Right, he could have got just the legs and not got the restoration part of it. You've been able to walk and all those things, but you can hear a 
a total difference in his voice. Andy, that's a pretty good orphan spirit clip too. If we ever need one for orphan spirit when he's screaming off the the bow or yeah. the top of the, yeah, the boat, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, you look at that clip and you see, okay, there's definitely a change in people's hearts. So, what are those things that change in us, right? When we get restoration, right? One of the first things that it may not change how people see us, right? We have no control how others see us, and that's really not honestly that big of a thing anyway because we can't do anything about it but what it does change is how we see ourselves right and, and that's the big one well it's, jim Vitti used to say a lot about god gives you a revelation of freedom and i always think equate obviously to my days in, in alcoholism drug addiction and the, the way you got sober was you quit drinking and drugging and the very first day i was free of that but the, the restoration come as I learned to walk on my new legs, if you will, and undo the habits that had been created by that false self. And so that's the battles. And I don't know why I was thinking, you know, coming into this show was I thought about how God promised the children of Israel the promised land, but there were still battles to fight. Mm-hmm. It was theirs. You know, Caleb said, that's my mountain. Now let's go kick those dudes off of it is basically what he was saying and you know we kick out the by getting up one day at a time and walking in that freedom and no it's never easy i remember a guy looking at me says says it's easy all you got to do is change one thing and i went good he said your whole life and i went oh you know (laughs) but it's so true because god gives you a freedom and, you know, he touches your heart, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, you know, that God has done something. But walking that out is, is I think, what we're talking about. And as it becomes, what does it feel like? All of a sudden, I think somebody said earlier, you know, a couple of years, years down the road, you're like, hey, I'm free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been in a, a program like that, but I, I'm assuming that as, as you talk through it is, you know, it's the process as well. Right, I mean, you have the different steps that you go through. That at each step, you have different things that you recover uh, about you, or learn about you, or uh, take away the enemy's ability to, to attack you. Right, when you go ask for forgiveness, those types of things. Yeah, you. Um, it is one of my first mentors used to say. He said the first step was about not drinking, and the rest was about learning to live again. Yeah, or maybe to live for the first time. Yes. Right. So we're going to come back in the after hours. So go get it off a podcast. You can get it at any podcast outlet. You can listen to it on Facebook. There's all sorts of places you can get it. Uh, It's called Masculine Journey After Hours. We're going to talk about our stories of restoration and the things that God's done for us and the freedoms that we've found in it and how to hold on to that and why it's worth going through that process. I don't think anyone would tell you it's an easy process, but I don't think on the other side they'd say it wasn't worth going through. And so go to masculinejourney.org. Register for the upcoming boot camp, March 31st through April 3rd. We'd love to see you there. God would love to see you there. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Truth Network.